What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here bringing another Productivity in Tech podcast. Uh, This week, we're going to be doing it similar to how we did last week. I really like that format where we just had a conversation going. Uh, My guest this week is Ronnie Lutz. Ronnie is a great friend of mine and someone that I talk with on a regular basis. And... One of the things about Ronnie is he has always been tech adjacent, but never working in tech, but always working around it and utilizing it in ways that are very unique and quite fascinating. So one of the things that I really wanted to do is look how he was able to get things done around the tech space and what it meant to him interacting with a lot of people who are very tech savvy, but not necessarily having to be as savvy for employment or things like that. So here's my conversation. Of course, it is always a conversation first and foremost. So we're going to talk about a bunch of different things, but here it is my conversation with Ronnie Lutz. I am glad to, to be chatting with you again, though. Um, by the way, this we're just going to chat like it's not it's no no crazy topics. I mean, I might ask a little bit more about like what you do and stuff like that. But all in all, it's it's a fun conversation. I'm starting to do more of those because honestly, trying to come. Annoying at times. It is. Yeah. I mean, unless that's like something you enjoy doing, like you're you know, you write for a newspaper or something. Yeah, I'm not a journalist for a reason. <laughs> I did that in high school or in college, actually. Really? I I could never. I don't know. Like, I've had people say that I, I, I ask good questions, but at the same time, I feel like I just ask questions that I feel like other people might have. And, and I was listening <laughs> to the roundtable and they were talking about Larry King and David Letterman and uh they were talking about how they were able to ask questions that no one else would think of. And the questions were never scripted. Um, They just had that much trust. And when I saw David Letterman uh, interview Barack Obama on uh, My Guest Needs No Introduction, I kind of saw that. I saw that feeling of there were a ton of questions that I would have had and that I did have, but... None of those questions were asked, but then the questions that were asked were just kind of like, oh, that's actually a really good question. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't even see that. That's on Netflix. Yeah, um, and I think it's still on there. I know it's he interviews, I think it's like five or six episodes where he just interviews people. And it's that whole conversation of like, hey, I'm out of the game. You're pretty much out of the game. Like, let's let's be two cronies talking about what we used to do, you know. And I think I think that's a cool concept. Uh, it's one of those things that maybe in 20 years, when I'm probably no longer podcasting, or who knows, maybe I will be. I'll be able to call Ronnie up and be like, "Hey, man, you remember when <laughs> you used to do what was it? It wasn't bubble sword. It was." Um, I did do some bubble sort, but pocket size podcast. <laughs> yeah, some PSP and, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's great to talk about some of those things. Yeah, well, when you're 20 years old, when 20 years from now, you'll be about as old as I am now. So you'll still be podcasting. No, you're not that old. I'm 45. Yeah, no, I'll be 30 this year. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, granted, I'm a lot of people do think that I'm younger than I am but I mean and I am actually younger than what some other people think I don't know it's it's weird (laughs) it's weird being in that middle ground because I mean I I, I served five years in the military I've I've worked at the company that I've worked at now for another five going on six years and I've been podcasting for four of those and it you do start to feel like not a veteran in the game but like you're starting to feel like you can't get away with the stuff that you used to be able to get away with. <laughs> I still get away with it because I'm just not very bright. So I, I could I just use that as my excuse. <laughs> well, I mean, 
if you tell everybody about it, they won't let you get away with it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't do enough podcasts, so it doesn't make any difference. Uh yeah, that's that is true. So so yeah, I mean let let's talk about that a little bit. You were you were doing PSP for and PSP is pocket sized podcast. It's not some new street drug that's out there. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah. You were doing this podcast for a hot minute, and then I met you, and then you had stopped doing it at that time. You were you were doing something with home screens where you were like showing off your home screens, and and we might talk about that later. But then you brought Pocket Size Podcast back. It was back for a bit, and then uh, it disappeared again. Uh, is is there going to be a third return? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. We uh, so Scott Wilsey did Pocket Size Podcast, and he had done it with a couple other hosts prior. And then I started doing. It. I don't know. I think I did probably thirty or forty episodes. And my life is way hectic. And as you know, because we've been kind of trying to do this for probably a year, um, and finally we got the time. But I, you know, just our schedules just never worked out, and so we decided to stop doing it. But then. I kind of got the desire to do it again, and so did Scott. So we kind of resurrected it, and I don't know. I think we probably did ten or twenty more episodes of it, and then the same thing happened. It just got too crazy, and it's not something that I want to spend time away from my family doing because it doesn't. I mean, I find value in it. I enjoy doing it. That's why I do it. But it doesn't necessarily do anything for the family, right? Like I'm not getting anything out of it other than personal joy, which doesn't solve any other issues. So we kind of decided uh, that I would stop and he got another co-host, Andy Nicolaitis for a while and, and it was good. And then the last episode, I don't know, it's, it's actually still out there, I think, but the last episode was kind of fun. We did a doctor who, where he had, he had every, epi- every uh, host, every co-host from all the years in one episode, it was pretty good. But so and then I did some bubble sort TV with the cuts and, uh, and then, I just, yeah, since then I've just decided I wasn't going to do any more. But tonight I'm making a return appearance. There you go. I, I love it. And, and you know, one of the things that, like, I didn't do Pit for like seven months. I mean, it, I, I was, I was definitely in need of a break. I was trying to figure out this whole business thing. And even just figuring out the business thing took, another like another like five or six months by itself and I I think that is something that a lot of people who listen to podcasts don't get like there are two different types of podcasters there are the people who wake up in the morning go to their day job and then come home and then just have a conversation with a good friend of theirs And, and that tends to be the people that I like to bring on to the show and talk to. But then you also have the people that wake up in the morning and when they go to their day job, it is doing that podcast. And then yeah. they, they pass it over to an editor. They got a producer that, you know, they, they swap stories with drink coffee. Uh, that producer gets all the stuff done. And then you have this, you know, Gimlet media NPR, this, you know, this American life kind of podcast that is making a ton of money. But the problem is, is a ton of people are getting paid off of that ton of money that they're making in order to continue doing that show. And a lot of the the podcasts that I listen to are kind of that in-between where you have maybe a network that is doing all of that back-end stuff, but allowing you to kind of just jump in record a podcast, be done with it, and then just go, okay, hey, here's my audio, have fun. And the people that I really enjoy talking to are, are, are kind of like you and, and, and Clay Russell, or yeah, Clay Russell, and the people that are like, you know, I'm going to record this podcast, and then I'm going to need you to give me a couple days to edit it so I can, you know, put it out on my feed. And if something goes wrong, I can't yell at an editor, I can't yell at a producer, I've just got to suck it up and fix it myself and then try to put it back out. Right. Yeah. And that Scott did all the, I, the funny thing is Scott did all the work, right? He, I literally got on the computer and we didn't do a lot of research, you know, like ATP with uh, John Syracuse. We just talked and I just sent him my file when I was done and 
that was it. And I would wait for it to show up in the feed and I would listen to it and I would hate my voice. And then we would do another one and life went on and I never had to do anything, but it's still, it wasn't, there wasn't enough time for me to even do that, which is kind of sad. You know, it's been funny. Like I've, I've stopped listening to the pit podcast because by the time I've edited it, I've, you know, I've gone through it. I've edited it. I've cleaned it up. I've made sure everything, you know, lined up right. I've added intros and outros. Like I've heard that conversation two or three times. And now when it goes live, I basically play like the first five minutes, make sure that, you know, nothing obvious happened. Like, I think we had one week where for some reason my audio went over, but like when I was editing, I tapped the mute button and (laughs) my guest's audio was muted the entire show. And I had to like ah. sit there for like, I think it was like three or four hours. Like I literally pulled the, the episode down. So people were, people were like tweeting me saying, Hey, I can't get the episode or Hey, I got the episode, but I can only hear you. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to re-upload it tonight when I get home. But you know, Hey, the, those are the breaks. And, and I, I think that's the thing that people, like I said, people just don't realize that, even the people that record and then hit, you know, done and send it, there's still so much to do. There's promoting it there. If you're getting advertisers, there's that. There's this whole Patreon thing that was starting like right when I got into podcasting. And to me, that was like an anxiety driven nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, great. People are now paying me to do something. Therefore, I have to give them something back in return. And it. It was this weird thing of, of like, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm qualified to do this. And, and, you know, that's something that I've always enjoyed talking to you about because for you, you've, you've always took it from the position of like, I'm not a developer. I'm not a techie person. Like I have a job. I love the equipment that I use to get my job done. And that's kind of it. And I really like making my home screen look nice. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I don't know. I don't know what happened with that because that's kind of just my OCD. I don't. I don't really have it in the rest of my life. I'm not like fanatical about a clean house or clean job. You know, my office at work is not nice, but my home screen. You know, of course, obviously, it's just my opinion, but I think it's one of the best looking home screens. I have. I have done a couple of podcasts, and I did get on a. I did get on a five by five episode with not with Dan Benjamin. It was actually with uh Blenderhead, but he had an episode he had a show on five by five for a little while and I got I got interviewed by him about my home screen. So yeah, I it's just one of those things. I'm a freak about that, but nothing else in my life parallels. So it's kind of interesting in, in that manner. Well I mean for those for people that don't know you like explain what you do. Cause like I said, I, I know you're you're not in the tech space. You're really more on the management side of things and it's really not even tech centric. <laughs> not at all. No, I'm a I'm actually a retail manager. I've worked in retail for pretty much my whole life, but I've been with the same company for 21 years. So I, I'm a store manager for a grocery store chain is what I do. And I've been in retail management for uh, I think 19 of those 21 years. So it's kind of kind of all I've ever done. But in that regard, I mean, you have to, as as tech moved along, you know, originally I used the, oh, what was it? The Franklin Covey system, you know, the huge notebooks and whatever, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever those things were called. They were huge and they cost like 80 bucks a year just to get the inserts in them, you know. Like and, a file of facts or? <laughs> no, it was the, <laughs> the Franklin Covey, uh, the seven is the same people that did the seven, the, you know, the seven, oh, whatever. Yeah. That's why I should do research. So Franklin Covey had a, a planner that you could buy. They had a couple of different sizes. They had a small one and a large one. And this was before uh, PDAs or anything like that. And it would have all your calendar in it and you could have your to-do list and you could write it in there. And then uh, it would cost you like 80 bucks a year to buy all the, buy all the month inserts and all that kind of stuff. Then when Palm came out with uh, Palm OS, I switched to that and got into their to-do system and, and really enjoyed that and uh, pretty much worked on that until iOS came out and then started doing it that way. So tech is tech drives my job, right? Like everything we do at work is about tech. Our, we have tons of different apps that we can use, and now I can use my phone to scan items in the store and do every single thing that 
I could do on a computer, I can do right off my phone. And I have to be uber organized based on the fact that, you know, my store employees 80 people now, but I have had stores that have employed up to 180 and uh, you have to figure out how to coordinate that. And it's not, it's not something you do by the seat of your pants. Let me tell you that you have to be very organized. So to do list task management, that kind of stuff is, is all in my, all the things I do every day, but I also love tech. So I did it, you know, the pocket size podcast was a tech podcast, not from the developer side of it, more from the apps that I use and that kind of stuff. So it's a, yeah, I, I intersect with tech, but I don't understand anything about how to make any of that stuff. But yet all of your friends are like app developers and like all of these people that have like tech blogs and, and all this stuff. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. And actually I don't understand a lot of stuff, you know, like we were talking about Vic Hudson who does the, um, Bubble Sort TV. He's also a iOS developer. He's had a couple of apps on the app store and him and Scott will talk about stuff and we have some, you know, group chats and I'm like, I, I don't understand anything that you're talking about, but yeah, most of my friends online would be surprised. I mean, they know me because, you know, I get, to, I, I actually have a ton of friends from online and, uh, but it's weird because the things that I talk about, they assume that I'm automatically in tech or in the, you know, into that industry of some sort. And then when I tell them I run a grocery store, they're like, wow, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But but I think that that is that's something that the internet has given us the ability to do because I don't ever think of you as as Ronnie the the grocery store manager. I never thought of you as Ronnie the tech person. I thought you I thought I always thought of you as you know Ronnie the home screen king. And <laughs> for me that like I don't know what people think of me, but I've had people literally call me Mr. Productivity in tech. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, like, no, that's my dad. I don't, I don't, know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to, to say to that when people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, Jay, he's a podcaster. And it's like, well, actually, I'm an I'm like a audio editor, video editor, slash entrepreneur, slash content creator, slash all these other slashes, but, um, you know, marketer. And, but people see me as this one thing and I don't, I never know what to tell them because, you know, I'm, I'm a productivity coach as well. And people are just like, oh, well, can you coach me? And I'm like, no, I can't because you're not a developer. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what problems you're running into, you know, cause I, I've never lived that life. But, you know, at the same time I've had developers go, oh, well, you know, you're not an iOS developer, so what can you t what can you teach me? And it's like, okay, now I got to go down that road too. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, there's certain things that no matter what job you do, you have to have certain you have to have a certain skill set just to be able to to run a business or anything like that. And it doesn't make any difference uh, whether or not you've done the thing that they've done. If you have been successful at teaching people how to uh, become better at what they do, then you, I mean, you could do that, right? I mean, I'm, I'm certain that although I have no skills in development, I could help someone understand how to become a better, whatever they want to be based on the fact that I've taken hundreds of leadership classes and led, you know, huge teams for 20 years. I'm not going to tell you how to code in Swift because that's just not going to happen. But there's a lot of other stuff that goes into becoming a better you that doesn't really have anything to do with whether you're good at your job. You know, definitely. And and speaking of that, let's let's talk a little bit more about about you, because, I mean, you, you mentioned being so, uh, you know, task oriented, like project management oriented when it came to to work. Like, what are you what does your system look like? Not from, a, you know, I use app X, Y and Z, but like like how are you how are you managing email how are you managing people how are you managing you know family and life things <laughs> and that's a that's a big topic well we'll just start with email cuz uh, in fact I, I might be changing some stuff here in the near future cuz uh, my work has always been my email has always only been able to use I've only been able to use iOS mail Apple mail and finally, they just opened it up to Outlook, which is kind of interesting because uh, Microsoft To Do allows you to do some flagging of emails and it automatically goes in there. But my system currently is I send the email to my 
task management app of choice. And I am going to pimp it just a little bit because I've been using it for like six years. So it's, it's, it's the app that I, uh, you know, I don't necessarily plan on changing, but due to some work things I might, but anyway, I use tick tick and, uh, it is one of the most robust apps because it will allow you to, so like you can just email it in and you can say whatever the app, whatever the email's name is, the subject line becomes the task and you can actually use natural language parsing in there. So you could, if it's an email you want to react to, you know, tomorrow at 8 a.m., you just put in there, you know, tomorrow at 8 a.m. and it'll give you a reminder the next day at 8 a.m. So it, I focus on that. I have some shared tasks with my managers, my assistant managers, so that I can put in there what I want them to do and then they can check it off and then I can follow up with them to ensure that they're uh, doing their job, right? So I, I don't just have my own tasks in there. I have theirs in there too which sometimes bothers me because I have kind of a desire to complete everything. And if they don't complete it in time, it kind of makes me angry. So I have to figure out a way to get around that. I don't know what that answer is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I, it's so, it's so dumb that there are so many apps out there that always do like three things really well, but then suck at all the other stuff. And I think that's the thing that, you know, I've, I've played around with so many apps. I've, I've looked, you know, I mean, we have these conversations about every month and it's like, Oh, Hey, yeah. You know, looking at this app or, Oh, Hey, you know, uh, doing some media stuff for, you know, for this company. And, and, you know, we've always, we've, as long as I've known you, I've, I've been trying to get you not off of tick tick, but I've been trying to understand. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like in a way, like you're Morpheus and I'm like, I'm Neo. And like one day I'm just going to look at it. And then all of a sudden it's just going to unveil into a bunch of ones and zeros. And I'm going to like, look at the bullet and it's going to make sense to me. And I'm, he's just like, Oh, he's getting it. He's understanding the matrix now. And like, <laughs> That has been because I mean I've tried it I've tried tick tick I've I've tried like every freaking to do list out there, but there's always just like this thing that they just can't do and I, I don't I don't even know how to explain it it's it's that uh, uh what's that uh what's that word um it's a German word that has like no English translation for it. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah. Like that, that's how it feels. And, and I mean, email is like one of those other things. Cause like I, I maintain inbox zero, but I do that in this weird way of that. I just don't get mail. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know what it is. Like, um, I get other people's mail more than I get mail for myself. And, and I mean, I will, I'll pimp out superhuman cause I mean, it's an expensive app. And I, I get ticked off at how expensive it is at times. But I will say that, like, except for Newton, I haven't had an app that just felt more fluid. And the fact that I can say, okay, if it comes from this person, just put it in this whole separate inbox that I only put these emails in that are this, you know, that do this other thing like that by itself, like eliminated every other email that I get. So now when I get something, it's like, I know I have to look at it because it's not the thing that I'm expecting. Yeah. And then again, I, I just don't know how, I don't know how I got lucky, but like I might get three or four emails a day and it takes me less than five, you know, five seconds to just, oh, select all, delete, cool. All right, we're good. <laughs> and then, then nice. just be done with it. But I, then get the, probably, I get probably 20 or 30 a day, maybe 40. I don't know. I don't get anything in my personal email, but my work email, I get a ton. And and even in my work email, like I might get, I might get like five things and, and I just, you know, I, maybe it's cause I just don't answer back. Like, I don't know what it is. Like someone will message me like, Hey, this da, 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 needs to get done. And like, I'll send him an email back later that just says like, I literally have it like in text expander. So I literally just type. <laughs> I hope no one from the from the office is listening, but I'll type in like GFY, and I'm sure you know what that means. Um, <laughs> and then nice. he goes, "This has been completed. Um, if you have any questions, let me know. Have a nice day." And then my signature. <laughs> nice. 
That's beautiful. Yeah, and if it's on a Friday, it'll say have a great weekend too. And you know, I, I wanted to make sure they were, you know, very time time oriented. <laughs> so they never they never say, hey, this is the same thing you've sent like thirty seven times. No, I mean, and and again, that's the thing is, I, 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 it's always the same thing, but at the same time, no one, no one ever calls me out on it. No one asks any questions, and I just don't, like my bosses even said like, how, like, hey, did you get that email? And I was like, oh, I haven't checked my email yet. And he's like, but it's like ten o'clock. And I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, it, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I I have with my email, I don't do inbox zero. Actually, I don't really care too much about that, but I, I do try to, if I open it, I try to give it a home so that if it needs to go to tick, tick, it needs to be forwarded there and then it has a time and then I'll do it at that time. Cause if it's not pressing, I don't want to do it at that time. If it's something that I can do right away, I do it right away and get it over with, but I don't ever want to look at an email twice. Unless I mean, unless it goes to tick tick, and then later when it comes up, I'll do it then. But I don't ever want to have to scroll through the back of my back catalog of emails and look at them again. So once I check it, it either gets done or it goes to my task management system to be done at a later day when it's supposed to be done. But you know, you mentioned that that's actually something that I do that I think a lot of other quote unquote productivity gurus would would hate is. I'm all about that snooze button. Like if, if I've got, a, so I have three podcast interviews this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I only know about that because the Calendly invites that I get, you know, whenever they submit their times, I always snooze to the Sunday before. So, and then again, they all go into that special folder. So when I can go, oh, hey, let me look and see what, you know, podcast interviews I have this week whenever I'm, you know, telling my wife my schedule, letting her know what's going on. It's like, they're all right there and they're all sitting there. Now, once they've already happened, I just delete it. And I know I could put all that in my calendar, but it's already in there. I just don't open my calendar either. So, I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm all kinds of jacked up, I guess. I mean, my thing is with my calendar, I get the notification when it's about to happen. Like I know if something's going to happen because I get the notification and it's fine. Like, oh, hey, I've got a podcast interview in 15 minutes. I already knew about that because I planned my week out. So I don't need to I don't have to sit there in my calendar for 30 days because I can just literally open up one inbox and have everything that I have going on. I never look at my calendar either. I, I mean, I know, you know, if I get an invite to something and I know I have a conference call. I have a conference call and when it notifies me, I go take my conference call. Right. So yeah, I don't, I don't ever look at my calendar. I hate looking at calendars actually. But yeah, I think that's, that's one of the issues with, you know, this whole productivity game, this whole productivity porn, like obsession that people have had in the last like five, 10 years where it's, it's almost a second job just trying to be organized. And, you know, I get that, you know, as someone who clinically has ADHD, clinically has anxiety issues, like I, I do get stressed out when I don't know what's going on, but I don't need an entire system. I don't need to spend five hours just trying to figure out what I'm going to do today. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me how people like, you know, OmniFocus is probably the the biggest culprit of this. Such a powerful app. I have it. I put checklists in it. That way I know like if, I, if I'm doing a process, if I'm editing some video, I can just go to that checklist, make a copy of it, and then just be like, did I do this? Yes, did I do this? Yes, did I do this? Yes, cool, awesome. But at the same time, I can't be like, okay, let me jump into perspective, you know, Alpha Delta and then oh, it's a Tuesday and I'm at the aquarium. So this shopping list pops up and like, <laughs> it, it's so ridiculous how these apps have just grown in complexity as people feel like they have to itemize their entire life. Yeah, I can't, I can't do that either. In fact, I, I use tick tick, but I don't have like 8 million different things in there. I really, I really only want the reminders of stuff that's very important to me. And I just, I've, I own OmniFocus as well, and I could not use that app. There's no way. It's way too complicated. And like you said, I mean, 
if you spend more time setting it up and doing all the stuff that's in it, what's the point of having the app, right? I, I personally feel like the app needs to get out of your way so that you can get the stuff done that you need to get done as opposed to spending, you know, hours and hours setting it up. And that's one reason why I've used the same app for so long. And although it, it, during that period I have uh, tried things and uh, OmniFocus and some other stuff, but I never really get rid of Tick Tick. I'll just have it there and I'll throw another app in there and, and sort it. I tried sorted for a little while. And, and while they're all good, the amount of time it takes to set it up and to get it the way you want it, I already have a thing set up the way I want. Why don't I just continue to use it? Now, sometimes I think it would it's too complicated. I was talking earlier about Palm OS, and the to-do app on Palm OS was just awesome. It's very simple, worked very well, and uh, I, sometimes I wish I could go back to that, but the world is not the same way. Like, I it would not accept an email, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I need that or not. Like, I, I don't know. Do I need that? I, I use it frequently, but is it something that's important? And that's the other thing with to-do task management apps, like you're talking about, I'm the focus. You get so caught up in all these different things it can do, but do you really need it to do all those things? I don't even know. Well, yeah. I mean, and that was the thing that got me away from using stuff like Todoist is it, it became this game of like, maybe, maybe I'll be more productive if I'm microtasking. So instead of just saying, Hey, go take out the trash, it'll say, Hey, walk into the kitchen, you know, take the trash bag out of the trash can, carry the trash, you know, tie it in a knot, carry it outside the door, you know, put it in the dumpster, come back in, put a new bag in, put put some baking powder in there to make sure it smells nice. And it's like all of a sudden I'm checking and I'm looking at those karma points and it's like, oh, you know, you've completed 15 tasks. But then when I look at it, it's like, yeah, I completed 15 tasks, but I don't feel like I did anything. Right. And And, and that's, you know, since I, I've kind of gone to like this, I keep my notebook on me each day. I write down the date and then I just put a list of stuff that needs to happen. And then if it's something that's an ongoing project, you know, I, I will say my notebook system is a little complicated because I have it's it's two notebooks inside of one notebook, if that makes sense. Because um, I got, it's like the leather bound thing. And then I got two notebook inserts in there and uh my daily stuff goes in the front one projects go in the back one. They both have their own table of contents. And and that's the thing during the day. It's like today is a 20, whatever I got to do this, 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 and this, and then I check it off. And then the next day it's like, all right, I had to do these things. This didn't get done. Move that over. And then, Oh, Hey, I'm working on this project. So let me open up the other book. Oh, this project got to do this, 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 and this. All right. I'm on here, here, here this has got to get done. All right. That's done. Cool. Awesome. And it sucks because yeah, I don't get the event based notifications. I don't get the automatically synced to email, but at the same time, I also don't feel like I'm spending three hours trying to organize myself. Right. And I think, I think any of those things can work. I mean, there were people that used uh, pen and paper for however many years they used them before an electronic device came around. So obviously it works. It's just what you, you know, what you think you need. You know, I, I really like the notifications because I set it and forget it. I don't, I don't open it unless a notification comes up and tells me that I have something that needs to be done. I'm not, I'm not spending all day in the app. And I think with, well, and when I had a Franklin Club Covey planner and I had in like the notebooks like you did, I did spend a lot of time looking at it because I'm so forgetful that, if I didn't open it a million times, I would forget something that would happen, you know? So I personally could never do that, but I'm happy it works for you. I'm happy that whoever does it, I'm happy it works for them, but I, yeah, I can. But at the same time, like, I don't, I, I can't say with, with a hundred percent certainty that it does work for me. Cause I mean, <laughs> and, and I think that's the, that's the tough part. Cause I get it. I get it when people are like, Oh yeah. But what if you have that thing that you need to think about in like six months? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, keep up with tomorrow, let alone six months from now. I will tell yeah. people like, Hey, can you just remind me of this? I put it back on them. <laughs> I was say, if, it's, if it's that important, somebody will tell you about it. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Like my, my boss knows, like, don't, don't ask me about something you asked me about three months ago. Obviously it wasn't that important to me because it would have been done. And like, if you're asking about it, that means it's probably not done. 
and just say, just tell me you want it done. <laughs> like, hey, this, this is important now. Let's knock this out. All right, cool. Good to go. Let's let's get on it. Because no one has time anymore. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what happened to time, but it just, it feels like it has disappeared. Everybody wants your attention. Everybody's vying for your attention. And like giving up, giving up like social media for the most part has been easy mostly because I don't have time to deal with it. <laughs> like people, people don't realize like, Oh, Hey, you know, how come I'm only tweeting like two or three things a week now. And they're all like the same stuff. Like, Hey, I do audio editing. If you're looking for an editor, hit me up. Do you realize every content that every, like every client that I get literally takes a tweet away from me. Like I can't, I can't focus on doing that anymore because I'm, I'm busy working. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where time went because it seemed like it used to be, well, it got connected. That's what happened. So now people have the ability to occupy your time, whereas before email, there was no way that they could get a hold of you so quickly. You know, they would have to give you a phone call or whatever, and that wasn't, that's not as effective. So, yeah, it's the whole digital world is a, it's a little bit of a problem, especially for us older folks that didn't grow up with it. So I think the next generation maybe will be a little better at it because they've their whole life they've been in it. Where when I was a kid in the seventies, there was none of it. So uh, I had to. I have my learning curve is a lot greater than someone like my daughter who's fifteen, who since the day she was born she has been inundated with electronics. I don't know if socially as a as human beings we're prepared for that, but they're definitely more prepared for it at their age than I am at my age. Yeah, you know, one of the things I was I was watching, I watch like a ton of YouTube videos late at night and stuff, and it's like uh, there was a video on Wisecrack about idiocracy and whether or not it's actually happening, and and they said funny enough, SAT scores are at, and like IQ test scores are going up, not down. So people are getting smarter, well, book smarter, <laughs> right, right. But it's it's also bringing about its own problems and I don't know like I'm guessing that productivity has just become one of those problems is that people now know how unproductive they are and I, I think like this this rise of like oh robots are going to take your job blah, 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 you know all that that stuff is like oh crap now I actually have to be more productive I'm people are used to the status quo but then when you are constantly being threatened out of a job, you know, due to something that can outpace you. Now you're like, oh, well, crap, I got to make sure that I can get stuff done faster where, you know, I don't fully believe that that's going to be the case. But I also think that we think about how much we can get done more than we think about whether or not we should actually be doing it. <laughs> and and that's that's something that you know i i have to be hopped up on medication <laughs> before i remember that sometimes you know i'll, right. be, I'll be sitting there having a panic attack like oh i gotta do that and then you know 20 minutes later i'm just like you know what it's it's probably not even that important i'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> i'll just push it off till tomorrow it'll still be there tomorrow yeah i mean it's it and that's the thing is we've we've gotten into this habit of like of, of trying to fill a, an eight hour work week when we don't need to or an eight hour work day when we don't need to. I love an eight hour work week. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, no, I think right. uh, I think it's in, in my situation, I think it's because there's so much sent to us like there's just literally you're bombarded every day. And I think everyone understands that there's no way to get done all of that. So stuff falls through the crack and people don't even care anymore because there's, they know, they understand. I, I just got sent 40 emails. There's no way I can react to 40 emails. I just can't do it. Right. I understand stuff's going to fall through the crack and it just happens. And I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to solve that unless there's a way to somehow not get so many emails, but uh, it doesn't matter however many bosses you have. That's how many people find something that's very important to them. And all of those people want to make that important to you. And by the time it gets to you, you now have to find all these things important. And there's no way to juggle all of those things. It's almost impossible. 
what if what if they made it so that you could you had to set a limit on how many emails you could send a day? Like you were only allowed to send five emails a day. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be and, awesome. <laughs> I, one I, of my we have a person that's over like our e-commerce section and then the person that's over operations. So the person that's over operations is kind of would be above the e-commerce person and and they told that person, they said, you can send one email a day. That's it. Do not send because this person was like bombarding everybody, right? And oh, then man. you just really I mean it, it becomes a flood and, and anytime you get that much stuff, you, there's no way you can deal with it all. So, and most of it wasn't important anyway, but you still had to take the time to read it. So it, it blocked your productivity by having to read the email that at the end of it, you were just going to delete anyway. So he has now been told that he can send one email a day and he's been doing well with that. So he just, you know, gets all of it together and only sends out what's important. And I, luckily he's not decided, Oh, well now I'm just going to send a 40 page email. Right. I'm just <laughs> copy and paste all the other emails I had in the morning. There you go. Here's today's debrief. <laughs> Send to everyone. <laughs> right. right. I don't think, I don't think anyone has figured out how to, how that works. Email and the ability to get the job done. I don't think anyone's figured that out. I don't know if we will. Well, I think we have to like that. That's the problem is we're going to get to a point where so much stuff is happening and the stuff that, like you said, stuff will fall through the cracks and people just kind of understand. And it's, you know, it's, it's that idea of if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. But one of these days, the thing that is actually a priority is going to start falling through the cracks and it's going to hit on a global scale. Like I think about um, uh, there was an instance where Amazon, like they were doing some testing and someone forgot someone either flipped the wrong switch or forgot to to set something and it took down you know the western part of the internet and and you know you have these cdns that get hit with stuff and like there's so many times where an outage is because of user error or or something like that and i've had that happen to me i've i've gone and you know trying to fix something mess something up even more and I think that we will, it'll eventually happen to where that's going to hit somebody and it's going to have such a drastic impact that someone's finally going to say, you know what, it's just not that serious. (laughs) Like, let's, (laughs) let's, let's stop what we're doing and focus on this thing. And, And I think that there have been companies that have done that, that have truly turned around like everything that they've done. Honestly, I would say I did that with Pitt, like having, doing all this stuff on, in, in podcasting land. Like I don't, I, m- I remember, uh, you remember the, uh, I think Vic was the one that started it, but the, the tweets, like everybody used to tweet out what podcast I listen to. I think Scott still does it. Like yeah. he'll tweet out every, you know, 30 seconds. He's listening to a new podcast. That guy listens to more podcasts than I do. And, <laughs> and I'm subscribed to like 170 of them. So I don't know how he's doing it, but. 170? You know, no, I think that might be a, that might be a gross understatement actually. <laughs> wow. I am currently, oh, nope. I was close. 163. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah. And, and. And, but that's the thing is I don't listen to all of them. Some of them probably haven't put out an episode in two or three years. It's not hurting anything just sitting in there. Like pruning my podcast subscriptions does not need to go on my to-do list. Right. That would take a while. Yeah. And and if it did, like, I mean, those people that like start, they unfollow everybody. And I've done that before too. And it's like, we, we feel like, oh, okay, I just got to prune everything. And it's like, how about I just don't let it get to that point to begin with? Right. And, and pruning, it's not going to, you're going to find another way to, you know, occupy your time. Well, and, and I mean, if you think about the, the actual act of pruning, like you're literally clipping a bud off of a plant so that it doesn't require that water so it can grow more. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm taking things away to make room for more things to come in. And, and that's not necessarily the idea. The idea should be, let me take things away and then prevent them from ever coming back. Right. Although in kind of something I did on Twitter, which wasn't pruning, but it kind of is. I, I went through and turned off everyone's ability to retweet. I don't know if 
It was actually Marco Arman on ATP one time. He suggested – he didn't actually suggest doing it. What he suggested was maybe they shouldn't have retweets because he was – yeah, I think he was talking about Instagram, how, you know, you can't repost something on Instagram, or maybe you can, but it's complicated. <laughs> you just can't do it easily anyway. You get a screenshot and crop it and right. repost it again. That's, it's kind of a pain. So he said, what if Twitter didn't have that? And I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to try it. And I went through, and hey, it sucks because you got a lot of people, and you can't – there's no blanket turn-off retweets, so you got to do it individually. But – over the course of however long it took me, I've enjoyed it because I don't, because the thing about uh, retweeting to me is most people just do it. Uh, well, there's a couple of reasons why someone may do it. Someone may want to, uh, they probably really want to say something, but they don't want to have the responsibility. So they retweet it. So it's coming from someone else's mouth. So it doesn't look like they said it, uh, which in which case I don't really want to hear that because if they want to say it, they can say it themselves. Uh, sometimes it is just, you know, just to bring attention to something, but, and a lot of times people will do it to, because they have a big fan base and it will now allow all the rest of their fans to pile on. Right. Um, so just turning that off has been amazing because the only thing I ever see now is something that you want to say. So if you want to quote tweet something that I see, because then you've added your own opinion to it, but just a retweet, I never see. And I, I was talking to Scott about this the other day. He, he thinks it's crazy to turn it off, but I'm telling you, your your timeline becomes only what people actually are willing to say. You don't have them saying, or you don't have them retweeting crazy stuff that they wouldn't really say. And you know, so anyway, it was just an interesting thing to me because it's worked. It's worked out well. It doesn't mean that I don't spend as much time on Twitter. I do, but now I just don't see all the junk that people are willing to retweet because oh. People retweet anything. You know what's funny is the the things that I view on Twitter nowadays are all bots, but they're bots that I enjoy. Like, <laughs> like um, what's a good one? Effing birds is a really good one. Um, oh, hold on, my my baby monitor's freaking. All right. It'll be fine. She's next. She's in the next room. I can hear her if she starts crying. My wife's home too, so she can hear her too. But uh, but yeah, like I mean, F and birds, uh, bodega cats is a good one. Um, there's a, there's um in otter news, <laughs> just like pictures of otters. Like I don't know. Like this is the stuff that I I follow on Twitter now, just because I, I don't have time to. I don't care what's going on in Apple. I'm going to hear about it on a podcast in like, you know, in 20 minutes. And and then, you know, I don't really care what people's opinions are about stuff anymore. Like it and, and it, it sucks to say that, but it really is just the case of like, if I want to know what you're thinking about something, I will go on Twitter and send you a DM or I'll send you, I'll hit you up on iMessage or I'll hit you up in Slack where I, I know how to, I know how to reach out to the person that I'm looking for to get their opinion on something. I don't necessarily want to have to hear it every, you know, every five seconds. Right. I, you know, I, I follow a lot of some Vegas golden Knights people, uh, you know, just some other, I don't really follow a lot of tech people because, I listen to a couple of podcasts and I get everything I want to hear out of there as well. But I do have a lot of friends that I follow and talk to, but since I don't see any of their retweets, I see generally what they want to say. I'm okay with it. It works well for me, but Twitter is one of those things that everybody changes. A lot of people change all the time. They are like, Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. There's just a million things that they try to do. And at the end of the day, uh, they're just wasting more time. <laughs> You're like, I need to do this so I don't waste so much time. Well, the, the amount of time they're spending doing it, they're wasting as well. So, Well, speaking of wasting time, we still got an after show to get to. So I'm going to ask one last question and then we'll jump into the after show. And then after that, I'm going to probably go to sleep. Jesus, nine o'clock now. Uh, right, so so my question for you is if there won't be a new PSP, what what's what's the next thing for Ronnie Lutz? If I had, if I had any, you talk about podcasting, anything, anything. Well, God. if it were podcasting, I would do a history podcast. That's what I, that's what I would love to do. Um, I was a history major in college and I love history. I, however many podcasts I have, 95% of them are things like the history of Egypt, the history of Rome, the history of Greece, the history of ancient Greece, the history of the ancient world, stuff that everyone else eyes roll in the back of their head and they fall asleep two seconds after it starts. But for me, it's what I enjoy listening to. So that's, that's what I would love to do if I ever did that. 
what's stopping you? <laughs> time. Hmm. Just like time to record it or? Well, I, I think with a history podcast, you got to do a lot of research. It was easy with PSP because I could literally just jump, jump on, on and do top. it. But yeah. I, I can't remember all the stuff that would be required for a history podcast. So, and I wouldn't want to do it halfway, right? I would want to do it. Uh, you know, I'd want to spend the time researching it and, and understanding it. Like maybe not like a Dan Carlin hardcore history because he's over the top, but you know, maybe something a little smaller. I don't know if you listen to Dan Carlin, but his uh his episodes are like six hours long sometimes. They're outrageous. I wouldn't want to do that, but something to where at the end of it, the person's not like, well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, you know? So, but anyway, that's for me in podcasting, history would be where I would, what I would want to do. So if it, if it's not podcasting, what's it, what's it going to be? You're just, just hanging out, doing your thing. I don't know. My wife's going to college to be a pharmacist. So whenever she gets done then I'm just going to uh, retire and uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I'll, then I'll do a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really, I mean, you know, a couple of kids and, and we do things together, but I don't have a necessarily something that I want to do that I don't get to do other than I would love to spend more time podcasting because I really do actually enjoy it. I just don't get to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I get that. And that's something that, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I do so many podcasts. I have so many podcasts and most of them have sporadic episodes just because one, not very many people are listening. The people that are listening, they get it. So it's it's like I don't feel like that pressure is there. Pit's been the one thing that when I don't do pit, I feel bad. Like I physically feel bad. And right. that is why after so long it was like it i had to bring it back it had to be the old pit it had to be me sitting down talking with people that i know recording it putting it out for other people to listen to and hopefully get something out of and i think we've done that i think we've done that on this episode so i'm gonna wrap it up there before we jump into the after show please ronnie let people know how they can get in touch with you of course uh pretty much i'm ronnie lutes on twitter that's about it 